0: We are two brothers who are ultra-competitive and love baseball, but that's where the similarities end. I am a Chicago Cubs fan, stat head, analytics guru. The other, Ryan, goes by what his eyes tell him on the field and can't get enough of the St. Louis Cardinals. This is A Clubhouse Divided. And welcome into A Clubhouse Divided for our first episode. Yes, we are post-All-Star break in the baseball season. This podcast is going to focus primarily on Cubs, Cardinals, and general NL Central news. Uh, But we will break in with some league-wide news and league-wide information as it comes. Uh, Before we get to the Cubs and Cardinals news, let's go ahead and take a look at the happenings around the league lately. Like I said, there was an All-Star game last week. Ryan, did you watch any of that?
1: Uh, just the home run derby a little bit until I had to turn it off when. Uh, the Cardinals, Randy Ors, former Cardinal Randy Orsarena, was tearing it up, and it made me sick to my stomach.
0: <laughs> that trade's still not going over well, huh?
1: Nope, not at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I didn't really like it either. I barely watched a uh, little bit of the home run derby. I didn't watch any of the All-Star game whatsoever. Of course, Vladdy Jr. won the All-Star game. Uh, he and his uh, his dad, uh, Vladdy Sr., become the first father-son duo to win the derbies. Um, I do like the derby, but I don't currently like the format right, where they do the timed thing and you just try to hit as many home runs during your time as physically possible. I get why they do it, right, because they're trying to shorten the length of the derby. It just gets repetitive, uh, but I'm just, I'm not a big fan of it. I Personally, I liked the old way of doing it uh, where they had the 10 outs and they didn't necessarily
1: have to swing at every pitch. What do you think? I don't, really remember the 10 out? That's right. You are eight years younger yeah. than me. <laughs> I don't really remember that. Um, so this is kind of what I know. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. They just keep getting, seems like they keep hitting more and more home runs. You saw uh, Julio Rodriguez go for 41 in one round. Yeah.
0: Julio's, For I thought that was the most impressive thing from uh, this derby was Julio Rodriguez 41st, uh, 41 in the first round. And that brings you to my next. If we get rid of the round aspect, the bracket aspect of it, they used to not really have that either, right? Um, They would advance the top top totals uh, from each round uh, when it used to be just the ten outs. Um, And I think they should go back to that to that too. Personally, I I don't like. uh, You know, you you said Julio got forty one in the first round but he didn't end up winning. He ended up losing in the second round. Didn't even make the finals. And a Reina hit the most home runs total overall. And he lost in the finals. Uh, Vladdy, I think was third or fourth in total home runs. Uh, yeah. and he won the thing. Um, the other thing about the whole, you know, timed aspect of it, it becomes really important how your pitcher is throwing the ball. Right. Uh, I know, uh, At least one of the pitchers looked like he was throwing nothing but sliders (laughs) to his hitter, which would make things far more difficult. And so, like, why not use pitching machines? If we're going to do a timed thing, right, and the goal is to hit as many home runs as possible with no other show involved in a certain amount of time, use a pitching machine and have every guy get
1: the same pitch coming in every time. Well, go back to the Bryce Harper... uh with his dad a couple of years sure. ago, I mean, that moment with his dad was, yeah, and, and t- top yeah, entertainment. yeah, sure, and that's fair, right,
0: it seems like every time, right, we theoretically advance forward, uh, in our, uh, you know, uh, how we do things, we tend to lose a little bit of that, you know feel good story on something because we're trying to be as efficient as possible it'll be the same argument when you know they move to uh, robo-umps. robo-umps behind the plate exactly it'll lose a little bit of that human touch but i i i again right the way my brain works i want everything to be as efficient as possible and bad and pitching machines do that for this home run derby right i don't care i i personally i don't care a whole lot about that i want to see guys blast some ridiculously long home runs. Aluminum bats.
1: Oh! Yeah,
0: so that's where I was going next. If we truly want to make this fascinating, right, let them use a metal bat. Like, just, and to go, but the problem is, right, did you see the video of the uh, kid they had yeah. in the outfield that got hit in the face by a Vladdy Jr. line drive? Yeah. Just right in the
1: face with a 100-mile-an-hour exit velocity I baseball. Saw, I saw the picture of the afterwards, and it didn't look any prettier <laughs> yeah, than that. no, right? <laughs> the I'm sure not. So
0: that would be the one thing. They'd have to take the kids off the field. So maybe just let them use, like, you know, a metal bat for their last, you know, 20, Seconds or something. Have somebody have another player. Or they put all the them. kids in catcher's gear. <laughs> catcher's gear. That's not a bad idea either. Oh goodness! And like I said, I didn't really watch any of the All Star game. The NL won that game three to two. Uh, it broke a nine game losing streak for the NL in the All Star game. The American League is just completely dominant. As far I saw as the All Star. I saw goes. a pretty
1: crazy stat on that. Uh, last time the NL won, Derek Jeter was leading the league in hits at the ulcer break.
0: Yeah, that was a long time ago. In <laughs> 2012. Yeah, right, exactly. That was a long time ago. Of course, everybody had this on their scorecard. Uh, Elias Diaz, catcher, uh, broke the tie uh, in the eighth inning. Or, broke, excuse me, broke the, uh, took the lead in the eighth inning with a two-run homer uh, to win 3-2 for the NL. The other thing I saw is that it did set a record low TV rating of 3.9%, which is only about 7 million viewers. And that's down 7% from last year. And they have set record lows for viewership in the All Star Game in five of the last seven years. Good Lord. Yeah, it Like, means it's nothing. dying. It I means mean, nothing. So, did you, if you, and you said. You, bring up that it means nothing, and you're right, it is 100% an exhibition, and I think that all All-Star games should be 100% an exhibition, but were more people watching when it meant who would get home field for the World Series? They were. Yes, they, they must were. have been, yeah. I, I, I mean, the stats say it. Yeah, right? Like, so, should they bring that back?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it has to mean something. Uh, um, I don't know... What that means, whether it's as an NL guy losing nine straight, I don't want it to mean (laughs) home field in the World Series.
0: Every, Every NL Central fan listening to this, Cubs Cardinals fan listening to this, whoever's out there in the NL listening to this. If you won home field in the World Series, you better hope they don't make it mean something <laughs> no, in the All-Star Game. Just keep <laughs> it how it is. Right. But I, uh, I, am, I, I agree 100% that it should not – you said it should mean something. I don't think it should mean anything. I think they need to completely readjust how they do this. It's essentially become what the Pro Bowl game is in the NFL, right? Nobody watches that. Yeah, A lot of players opt out. I think the only reason a lot of players in the – major leagues don't opt out of the all-star game is because they're mid season and they probably want to stay a little bit on top of their game while they're off anyway. So they're taking some batting practice, shagging some balls, that kind of thing, especially with interleague play now too, right? With the balanced schedule and playing everybody every single year, that was part of the reason that everybody loved the all-star game anyway, because you got to see The NL versus the AL, and now you see it every single day across the league. It just doesn't mean that much.
1: I have one more thing on the All-Star game here. The uniforms. (laughs) The uniforms have to go back to everybody wearing their team uniform. I'm with you 100%. it, It looks
0: so much better when everybody's in their own uniform as opposed to a NL team uniform and an AL team uniform. Yeah. I agree. I think Those they look should stick forward. with it. Yes, I am
1: and with if, you. And the, if you put a patch on it on the sleeve <laughs> with your team on it, no, no, it no. does <laughs> not enough. That's, right. not That's not enough. Not enough. <laughs> so,
0: I always think and have for the last few years that the celebrity softball game has been the best part of the weekend. That's the best bit. So, are is there anything that you think they could do to improve the All Star game? to make people watch outside of making it mean something because I don't think they will ever do that again. Right. We all remember the whole Bud Seeley canceling the game thing at the end of extras and it ended as a tie. That was weird. Like again, how'd they decide? uh, Yeah. That was, I think that was prior to it ever meaning anything. And then it got switched to meaning something. Uh, partly because of that. yeah. Um, I don't think they should go that route. Is there anything you can think of that would help them improve viewership for the All-Star Game? Metal bats and golf balls. Metal bats and golf balls. <laughs> no, I, I do have some ideas, though. I, I think, right, I think they should add more skill pieces to it. Again, having it mid-season, owners and players aren't going to want to do this with it mid-season, but... Like, who doesn't want to see what pitcher can throw the fastest fastball? Mm-hmm. Right? That's Just true. line them up. Who doesn't want to see, right, all the rage for the second half of the first half of the season, so the last 45 to 50 games, all the rage has been Elias, Diaz, uh, right? Ellie la Cruz. Ellie la Cruz, excuse me, yes. Why not see which guy can run out the fastest triple? Time him. Home to third. Let's see who runs the fastest. Let's see which outfielder can throw it most accurate to home plate and into a trash can like we do when we were kids. Right?
1: I li- Bring back some of these
0: skill things. I man. like
1: the idea, but here's what you're going to run into. Eventually, is you send out all your best relievers that throw the hardest. <laughs> some guy throws out his right. arm. Yeah, no, I know. And then goes back I to know. a contending team yeah. and says – Sorry, I wanted to win that skills challenge. No, I know. You're
0: 100% right. And that's why doing it mid-season doesn't work. That's why part of the reason the NFL doesn't do it that way. Like, if we want to do an all-star game, put it at the end of the season. Play it somewhere warm because we're playing in October anyway all year, sometimes into November now at the World Series. Play it somewhere warm. Make it an international thing if you want to, right? Spend the World time in Mexico. No, don't do that. <laughs> I love the World Baseball Classic. Do not do that. That was exciting. There was some other news that happened in the, across the league. Major League Baseball released the 2024 schedule. Again, people used to get really excited about this because you got to find out what interleague teams you were playing. But now, again, with the balanced schedule you know you're going to play everybody every year anyway. So it kind of lost some of its shine,
1: in my opinion. It just doesn't matter as much, I don't think. I hate the balanced schedule. Oh. I just heard um, recently that the Cubs and Cardinals are only playing in Bush once this year.
0: Yeah, well, I mean...
1: How is that possible? That rivalry...
0: It's not a great stadium, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. Settle down. Settle down. That rivalry should have Numerous meetings at each stadium.
0: Yeah, the only reason that happened this year, right, is it's only once. There's no way. Yeah, coming no. up. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at that. I knew they lost. I knew they lost at least one uh, one trip to St. Louis because of the London series, mm, right? Yeah, that's but true. I think I think they. Ha- I still think they have at least two series in Bush. I'm almost certain because right, they're still playing yeah. the nine and nine. And I'm almost certain there's still one series, two series in Bush. I'll I'll have to double check that. But there are the one big thing from the release of the schedule was the international games, right? Every year they're doing some more international games. Uh, There's four different international series for the 2024 schedule. Uh, It'll actually start during spring training, March 9th and 10th. Uh, it's the Dominican Republic series and the Red Sox and the Rays will be playing down there. Then we go for the MLB opener, March 20th and 21st. Can you believe the MLB opener is that early? And that will be the soul series with the Dodgers and the Padres. And that makes total sense, you know, with LA uh, and that Japanese uh, contingent of fans being over there. Yeah. And think about this. If LA signs Otani, and he goes. They already got it, and, <laughs> Well, the other LA team <laughs> signs Otani. Yeah. Right? Uh, and he ends up going to play in the Soul Series to open the Major League Baseball season. That will be a spectacle. I mean, that will be must watch baseball for that opening series. You're shaking your head. No. Partially because I think you're still convinced the Cardinals are going to sign Otani. <laughs> He's right? not going to the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, get out <laughs> of He's here. He's going to St. Louis. That ain't happening. <laughs> Uh, Then we've got the Mexico series between the Astros and the Rockies, April 27th and 28th. Are they going to play in that same same stadium in Mexico City that they played in earlier this year where it was like every game was 18 to 12 and there were like
1: 40 homers in each of the games? It was absurd. Yeah, they I think that's a. I think that's normal for the international stadium. I knew. I knew because that. London was like that with the Cubs and Cardinals. It, they were worried about. It
0: wasn't as bad because they altered the wall.
1: Right, they moved
0: back the wall this year to change that. Because yes, last year in the London series, it was like that and like it was uh, chaos. Maybe is the best way to put it. I don't mind it. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna go international, make it the most ridiculous offensive spectacle you've ever seen. 1998? Like, yeah. Like, just let, let them go crazy. Derby. Right, exactly. And, yeah, for sure, like, God, even with the Home Run Derby, not to keep harboring on the Home Run Derby, but I've been seeing some clips of that 98 Derby with McGuire and Sosa in Boston. Oh my goodness, the balls they were hitting were just crazy. Bring it back. Bring back the steroids. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, those dudes, those dudes were on other things. Yeah, yeah agreed. So they weren't normal. <laughs> correct.
0: correct. And then it'll finish up on the international schedule with the London Series between the Mets and Phillies June 8th and 9th. Does the international schedule excite you at all, or is it still? Baseball is such a regional team sport, right? Uh, it feels like football because it's on national television once a week twice a week sometimes, Thursday games, Monday night games, that kind of thing, where you can watch a majority of the games. And it's kind of national, right? I mean, it is a national sport. Basketball probably to a lesser extent than football, but still definitely more national than baseball. Baseball feels very much like a regional game, probably because it's an everyday thing, but it feels like, I mean, I don't go searching out other Major League Baseball games to watch other than Cubs games. Occasionally I'll tune into a Cardinals game just because, you know, I've got family, I've got you to talk to about the Cardinals, and, you know, we're rivals. But I don't even watch the Cubs. Yeah,
1: so, right, <laughs> see? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I, the last couple of years have been tough to watch. But, yeah, no, it, it's baseball is weird, and it's a very regional game. So knowing that none of your teams are playing in those international games,
1: do those excite you at all? I think the, well, I think the Dominican one has potential to be exciting because of that pipeline for sure. players. Yeah, sure. Right? So you're talking about, I mean, there's a lot of Dominican players in the league. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of them in that game playing in their home country. Absolutely. So that is a little bit exciting. Yes. And that's a baseball
0: yeah, one hundred percent,
1: and I, and I
0: agree. I think I think there's two of these series that I am already more excited about. Maybe not quite as, as excited as I was about the Cubs Cardinals London series, just because I wanted to watch that, right? as my team. But there's a couple of these series that I'm almost as excited about as I was for that. Again, if the Dodgers sign Otani, that opening series for Major League Baseball in Seoul, that is going to be exciting. And then you're exactly right. That Dominican series is going to be exciting. So much right now we see a kind of, you know, uh, players having to tone down personalities. We're seeing more personalities come out. Ellie De La Cruz, Jazz Chisholm, you know, those very flamboyant baseball players. That's where it and, comes from. And it's right. And it's exciting. And it is. It's that Latin aspect of baseball, that that's how they play, and they play hard, and they play that. You know, he's not on the cup anymore, but Hobby Bot, Hobby Bot, Hobby Baez, excuse me, goodness, was exactly that way. And it's exciting to watch that kind of excitement, to play a game that we all grew up loving to play, maybe not as flamboyant as that, but it was that feeling. We all remember that feeling, right? And so getting to see them in their their element in their home country, the Dominican Republic, that is going to be potentially very exciting to see. And I'm yeah. excited to see how the crowds react there, too, right? Like, that could be a very different kind of crowd and a different kind of energy than what you probably see in most games here in the States.
1: I'm excited to see how pitchers react, too. Sure. Like, uh, you see some guy pimp a home runoff. Game. Yeah, sure. <laughs> now, <laughs> in his home country, yeah. that guy is going to be – you thought it was bad here. Yeah, right? You're not wrong. Yeah,
0: that should be very fun to see. We do have a little teaser for next week. This kind of fits into league-wide news, but again, we're not really going to talk about it too much until again, not this week, not next week or next episode. We're going to hopefully put out an episode every 2 weeks, so look for this in a couple weeks. The MLB draft happened this past week. If you're not a baseball fan, you don't pay attention to it at all. If you are a baseball fan, You may still not pay attention to it at all because, let's be honest, we rarely see these players for at least two to three years. And then, even then, there is such a big pool of players that are drafted Nobody really knows who's going to pan out. Yeah, uh, you can hope and you can kind of look at some of these guys, and we have looked at some of these guys that uh, the Cubs and Cardinals have drafted, uh, and we'll talk about some of the top-end guys who weren't drafted by the Cubs and Cardinals as well. Uh, again, the teaser, this draft at the top was loaded. I mean, there were probably five or six guys who in any other draft could have gone number one overall. And it was an exciting class. Uh, Not that the Cubs or the Cardinals drafted any of those guys. But, but we will discuss that hopefully here in a couple weeks. So come back and check us out in a couple weeks. Uh, News from this past weekend. And this is kind of the last thing uh, that I had on my list of league-wide news. The Angels. The report is that they are listening to offers on Otani. Well, yeah. I hope so. I don't know why this is news, but it was all over the place on Saturday. Are you surprised by that news, or
1: what shouldn't have been news? They better be listening on Otani. No, he's gone. The only surprise I will have from this story is if they don't trade him. Yeah, uh, I am with you 100%. Right, so just to
0: look into some stats that I've got on Otani. Through the first half of the season, you are not a big stats guy. You're not a big stats guy. It's okay. I'll give you the (laughs) stats, and then you tell me what you think. Otani put up six and a half war, wins above replacement, uh, which he's second overall in offensive war, and he's tied for 17th in pitching war. He's leading the league in OPS batting, OPS plus batting, triples and home runs. He's top 10 in runs, hits, and RBIs. He's leading the league in hits given up per nine innings. He's top 10 in strikeouts per nine innings, walks per nine innings, and OPS against as a pitcher. He's essentially, by the numbers, in the first half of the season. He is A-Rod with the bat and Randy Johnson on the hill at the height of the steroid era. This is something we've never seen before. He's putting up numbers that are absolutely insane. And if you go back and you start truly looking at old stats, right, the comparison everybody makes to Otani because he pitched and he hit was Babe Ruth, right? And that makes sense. However, (laughs) did you realize that Babe Ruth, when he was primarily a pitcher, He did that for the first four years of his career. And he never got over 170 at-bats during those four years. Then he became primarily a hitter after that. And he never pitched over 50 innings when he was primarily a hitter. So this idea that he was both a pitcher and a hitter at the same time is total garbage. He never did both. Like we're seeing from Otani right now, it just never happened. The most war put up by a single player ever was Babe Ruth. But again, you're talking about a much smaller pool of players, right? Segregation was still there. And so because the pool player was so small, your wins above replacement number were significantly higher for those players because the replacements were not good at all, right? So what you're seeing now is something that we've never seen. the cl- that since Once you got into the modern era of baseball, right, the most war put up by a single player in a single season was 11.9 war by Barry Bonds in 2001. Of course, that was the year that he set the home run record, right? 73 homers. Otani's on pace to pass that, people, by a significant amount. Like, he's going to put up a, a one full win-above replacement over what Barry Bonds did. What we're seeing is quite possibly the best, most athletic baseball player ever. Like, take that in for a minute. You've yeah, got some side know. eye skepticism I'm seeing. I don't know. Over there. He's
1: cheating. He's playing two positions. <laughs> He's playing two positions. I mean, you yeah. can't.
0: You're right. He's got no. two replacements. Uh, behind
1: him. We got to add those up. Fair.
0: Fair. His wins above replacement is altered because you have to factor in two replacements yeah. for him. You are correct. He's altering those numbers. No, seriously though, like, are we ever going to see anything like this again? Is this the way baseball's going?
1: Yeah, there's, I think there's actually going to be more and more of this. Because you've seen it more and more, even with him being around. Sure. More and more guys trying to, right. well, who was that for the Reds? Michael Hunter, Lorenzen? What was no, that? no,
0: Hunter Green. Hunter Green was originally drafted as a two-way player. Now, I think they backed off on the position playing to focus on his pitching. Uh because, Sick. well, I, I mean, he's been a pretty good pitcher, and he's you know, only in his first full season. Like, the stuff is there. He's just got to put it together. He's extremely young. But I think you're right. I think we are going to see more of this, right? You can even look to this last year's, the draft, again, teaser. We'll talk about this more next week. But joktani that's the nickname they gave this kid out of Florida, joktani, Uh, because he does kind of what? Oh, Thomas one, dude. right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like right. teaser later. Yeah, teaser, teaser. Uh, he did not go one one. No, he didn't. We'll tell you where he went in two weeks. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> um, so, you know, speaking I, like I said, let's get back to what should the Angels do, right? We know the stats; they're amazing. We just heard. What should the Angels do? You say they should absolutely sell. I am on board with you on this. They are not – first of all, they've had too many injuries the last two or three weeks before the All-Star break, and they've fallen off the pace of the playoffs. Those injuries, especially with Trout out for an extended period of time, they probably are not in the playoff race, right? I just don't think they have the pitching yet, which they haven't How had. How long is Trout out? Eight Eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks. Right? That's a problem. Yeah. Two months, that's a problem.
1: Can't even trade him.
0: No, right. <laughs> but, but you probably weren't trade Trout and Otani anyway. But yeah. I do not envy where the Angels GM is in this position either. He's in a no-win spot. Right? I mean, so he's got either A, he holds on to Otani because you keep the fans coming to see Otani because he's the best baseball player maybe we've ever seen. And the fans want to see him. If you do that, he's probably not signing with you because the Angels have not been good since he's been there. And the Dodgers have a boatload of money that they did not spend for him to stay in L.A. and come compete for a winner. Trout resigned when they weren't good. Yeah, I think you're talking about a different type of player than Otani. Otani seems even more outgoing and more willing to be the face of a league than Trout ever did, right? I think yeah. Trout is comfortable in LA, win or lose. And Trout, and Otani is gonna get even a more drastically different higher number. we yeah,
1: they're talking like 500 million.
0: Correct, they are talking 500 to 600 million dollars over 10 years. And if you start to break that down, it makes a hell of a lot of sense for a guy that is probably a top 15 pitcher and probably a top ten hitter in all the league at the same time. Yeah, so you figure thirty million dollars each, and you're already at six hundred yeah, million. You're paying him for two positions: three hundred
1: million for a hitter, and right two hundred and fifty. Correct, three hundred million for a yes.
0: So they can keep him, not sign him, and get absolutely nothing for the best player we've ever seen, which is a lose situation for the Angels and for that GM. Or you can trade him. But how exactly do you value the best player we've ever seen for three months of baseball? How are you ever going to convince a team to give you what he's actually worth, even if it is only three months of baseball? Because wherever he goes. And the most recent rumor was that the Yankees are the team most in on him right now and are having the most discussions with the Angels about bringing in Otani. Do you realize... Sounds like he wants to be in Seattle. I've heard some quotes from him. And that would be amazing too, right? Both of those teams, that would be fantastic. Because what he does to that Yankees... Let's say Yankees first. Let's talk about that. If he goes to the Yankees, he makes that rotation look absolutely terrifying. If you go a 1-2 of Garrett Cole and Shohei Otani pitching, that is filthy, And... If they get Aaron Judge back, and you throw in Otani right in front of Aaron Judge, that lineup becomes really deep, because right after Aaron Judge, and I know he's not hitting great for average, but the power's still there, you've got Giancarlo Stan. That is a really, really mean three hitters in a row that somebody's going to have to face, right? So, for the Yankees, I think that makes them really, really good. And I know they're like eight or nine games back. Last time I looked in the East, but the Rays haven't been playing great. Baltimore's only a couple back. The Blue Jays are only seven back. Like, that division is still there if the Rays don't pick it back up. And now you talk about Seattle. Excuse me. If he would happen to go to Seattle. The main thing Seattle's missing is pitching. Their lineup's fantastic. But guess what? Now you're adding a top 10 hitter to that lineup as well. And a top 15 pitcher to stabilize that top into that rotation. So then you're talking about a rotation in Seattle of Shohei, Kirby, and who's the, who's the third? That Logan done. Gilbert. Yeah, Logan Gilbert. That's right.
1: Cardinals love him.
0: So that brings us to kind of a transition. Again, no win for the Angels GM. Speaking of sellers... There's been rumors, we'll get into some Cardinals news here, since it's an easy transition. There's been rumors that the Cardinals want Logan Gilbert. Yep. Now, I'm confused how that would make any sense at all.
1: He's cost-controlled, Well,
0: He is cost-controlled, but again, if the Mariners are getting Shohei, they're probably not trading their number three pitcher.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? So let's put that on the back burner for just a second. Let's really quick do an overview of what we think of our teams in the first half, okay? The Reds, of course, lead the Central. Last uh, I looked, uh, they were one game ahead of the Brewers, but I think they've since lost a few games. Brewers
1: Brewers are up two games. Brewers are up two games now.
0: Uh, I think the Brewers just swept the Reds again. I think they swept them in three games in Milwaukee right before the All-Star break and then swept them in three games in Cincinnati right after the All-Star break. The Central kind of feels like a two-team race now. Uh, Everybody else has kind of fallen off. Uh, the path oh, you g- you gave some a, a side eye look like you think the Cardinals are still in it. Get that out of here, man. That ain't happening. <laughs> Speaking of the Cardinals and Cubs, the Cubs. Uh, again, last I looked, I'd have to double-check the updated numbers because I didn't do a whole lot with them this weekend. The Cubs, uh, 42, 43 and 49 right now. I believe those are the updated numbers. And the Cardinals, do you have those
1: by chance? Yeah, they are
0: uh, They're 13 games under. 13 games under. What's that, uh, 30, 40, and 53? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 40 and 53. 40 and 53. Yeah, 40 and 53. So... so um, You know, they're both uh, borderline double digit games back. I think the Cardinals are double digit games back. 11.5, and and I think the Cubs might be 10, 9, or 10. So, like I said, this feels like a two team race Reds, uh, Brewers. The Cubs, and I don't know. Cubs are only eight. Oh, Cubs are only eight. Oh, they're in in the race. Still in this thing. The Cubs, surprisingly, uh, the Brewers probably do now, but the Cubs for a long time had the only plus run differential uh, in the division. Um, So, potentially some plus 21, only one. Yeah, still the only one. Potentially some weird, you know, uh, uh, poor run sequencing games in there for the Cubs. Um, They probably should have a much better record than they do. But, but that happens, you know, the Cubs are 13th in the league in runs, but 21st in home runs and slugging, and they're 26 in doubles, and that was their big problem coming into the season, right, was the question was, where's the power going to come from? And the front office kept telling us, that they thought, because Sayas Zuki, he was hurt a lot of last year, uh, that he was going to have more power this season, they felt good about having wisdom in the middle of the lineup a Suzuki was hurt with an oblique to start the season, was out for a month to start the year, and he hasn't really come along like they thought he would. Wisdom has just been bad. Uh, when I say bad, I shouldn't say that. He's kind of been what we would expect from Patrick Wisdom. 190 with 15 homers. Yeah, right. Last year he hit, <laughs> he hit 205 and he hit 30 homers. Like yeah. He's on pace to do something very, very similar, but he's got so much swing and miss uh, in his game that it's hard to keep him in. He is literally, literally striking out in 51% of his at-bats, by far the highest in the league. Like That is an unplayable percentage no matter how many home runs you hit. You just can't do that. Um, some good for the Cubs. Their pitching has been really solid. That's probably why they have a plus run differential, right? Their top five in walks and top ten uh, – uh, uh, excuse me, they're hitting – their top five in walks and hitting top ten and on base. So the guys are getting on base. They're having problems driving them in because in today's game – It's very hard to get a bunch of singles and move up one base at a time. Again, it's difficult to do that. You need some power hitters. The Cubs are missing those power hitters right now. 15th in the league in steals. They were very aggressive to start the year, but have backed off since. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why, to be honest. I kind of wanted to see them run more than they have uh, this year, especially at the top of their line. if you're only hitting singles. Yeah, if you're only hitting singles, you better be running to turn those into doubles and triples, right? Again, the pitching, though, is what's held them in games. And it's the reason that I still think they're going to finish as a round of 500 team. Uh, Some of that will depend on, like we're about to talk about, who they sell. Uh, But they are 11th in ERA in the league, 7th in quality starts, only 25th in strikeouts, which is concerning unless you build your team the right way. And here's why I say that, (laughs) right? Their defense, and this is something they stressed this offseason, was signing guys who played great defense. They are ninth in defense, deficient, job, defensive efficiency in the league, and they are also 12th in runs saved. Um, the deficient, defensive efficiency basically just is a measurement of uh, how many outs you get on balls that are put in play. Being in the top 10 in that, you've got a really, really good defense in the league. Uh, so that's why I think they're able to get away with the low number of strikeouts, but they're able to get away with a higher ERA or a lower ERA. Uh, they're on base against their 11th, and they're 15th in WHIP. So again, mediocre to good pitching staff. The defense makes the pitching play up for sure. There's no question about that. How's the Cardinals' year gone, Ryan? (laughs) Talk about some expectations that were coming in. Because the Cubs are kind of right where everybody expected them, right? Right. If they're somewhere around middle of the pack, 500, we all kind of thought that that was a good move for the Cubs. Another step forward on their rebuild.
1: The Cardinals. The Cubs are where the Cardinals were at two years ago, where they had a really good defense. No strikeouts. No no strikeouts. Yeah, no strikeouts. Yep. They just played contact, good defense. And the,
0: but the, the difference was the Cardinals from a couple years ago had some power hitting, right? And so they were still able to score more runs than what the Cubs are this year. I think the Cubs are trying to play by a Cardinal from a couple years ago model, right, uh, which seemed to work. Have the Cardinals sustained that model this no. year? Well, <laughs> no. Well,
1: uh, the defense has gone down tremendously. That's mm-hmm. pretty clear. Yes. Why? From the eye. Okay, I think it's age. Oh, sure. I think it's corner corner infielder age. Sure. So
0: the first, let's back up just for a second. What were the Cardinals' expectations coming in?
1: Yeah, you expectations to win the NL Central certainly. Yeah, easily, easily. easily. Everybody thought that was an by, easy pick by ten games. Right. Yes, for sure. Um, probably talking ninety-two to ninety-five wins. Yeah, they're always targeting that ninety number, right? Yeah, got to get there. Yep but not anymore. MLB lets everybody in now. Yeah, There's three wild sure. cards. Yeah, fair. Um, clearly hasn't worked out. Yep, good. Um, Mo said at the beginning of the year, when asked about starting pitching, he said we got six starting pitchers. So Yeah. So, you mentioned... They probably did have six starting pitchers. That's they probably so. had more than that. Yeah. If you include all the minor leaguers. Sure, right. Yeah, yeah. The only problem was, they didn't have... A one, a two, or a three. I, don't think. I, I agree, yes. So here's some numbers for you,
0: okay? You're not a numbers guy. so I And you said it was all based on what you saw. This was the problem, right? I've got some numbers to back up what yeah. your eyes are seeing. They are ninth offensively. They are ninth in runs. They are seventh in home runs and eighth in the league in slugging. They are ninth in walks and 8th in on-base percentage, and they are top 10 in OPS and OPS+. plus. The offense is doing what we all thought it could, maybe not quite to the extent, because let's be honest, when they, when we knew they had, right, if you look at last year's lineup for the Cardinals, Notto, Contr- or Notto, Goldschmidt. Edmund was having a good year last year. Brendan Donovan had a good year last year. Tyler O'Neill had a good, uh, decent year last year. Okay, uh, two years right. ago, two, was two years, years ago was, was great. Exploded. Correct, right? You knew they had a good lineup, and they had a massive, massive hole last year where Yachty was at. Right? Yachty was atrocious uh, as a offensive player, but he was still oh, he Yachty. He was still Yachty defensively, and he handled that pitch- pitching staff. Like a master. He was, I mean,
1: was in Puerto Rico half the season. Yeah, so.
0: right, right, right. But when he was there, he was a big piece of the defense yeah. and the pitching staff. They didn't even care. It didn't seem like it mattered that he was a hole offensively. You, I mean, you expect nothing from him offensively last year. And so what did they do this offseason? They brought in Wilson Contreras, who last year hit 270 and had 25 homers for the Cubs. And you're thinking, wow, the Cardinals just filled a hole in their offensive lineup with a top five offensive catcher in the league. They are gonna be great. what they sign in for? Uh, I think it was twelve million for this year.
1: Five year, eighty eighty seven
0: right. million. A cheaper price this year, they kind of backloaded it. It was five for this year or twelve million for this year, and I believe twenty or twenty two uh every year going forward. Um, so they give him that deal, and everybody's pretty happy about it. I mean you filled a hole. I think we may have underestimated A, how good defensively Yadi is, which is amazing because we've all known how do you I, right, correct. How do you underestimate it? But surprisingly, I think we did. I think we underestimated how well he handled that pitching staff, right? And got them the most out of it. I think we overestimated what kind of defensive player and pitch caller Wilson Contreras was with the Cubs. And it maybe should have been – it maybe should have sent off alarm bells when the Cubs really didn't try hard to re-sign him like they kind of knew. Um, Because personally, I was surprised last year that they didn't either, A, trade him and get something, or B, uh, re-sign it. I thought one of those two things was for sure going to happen. And when they didn't trade him, I was like, well, they've got a deal, like, in place. No, they were – the Cubs were perfectly fine offering him the qualifying offer and taking that compensation pick and being happy about it, right? Which, to be honest, that's probably why they didn't trade him was they couldn't get, uh, in their estimation, what was equal value to what that compensation pick was at the end of the second round. Um Of course, like I said, the Cardinals signed him. Here's some pitching numbers for the Cardinals staff. 25th in ERA at 4.55. 25th in quality starts. 10th in walks allowed. 24th in strikeouts. Again, we're talking about that strikeout number. It's big, right? Because that's the way the league is kind of going is you want huge strikeout throwing pitchers because the less plays you have to make in the field, the better it is, right? Yeah, you can, just, you can just you're, load you, up on hitters and not
1: defensive guys.
0: You can't get you can't get babbipped, right? Or a batting average on balls put in play. You can't have little flares beat you if you're throwing a ton of strikeouts. So they're 24th in the league in strikeouts. They're 28th in on-base percentage against at 270. That is a ridiculously high number this late in the season. And they're 27th in whip at 1.47. They are averaging, giving up one and a half hits or walks per inning pitched. Goodness. And they, here's why the strikeouts matter. This number's insane. They are 30th, dead last in the league in defensive efficiency. They are the worst in the league at turning balls put in play into outs. That is really Really bad and really, really surprising for a team that the last couple of years has been one of the best defensively in the league. They say they've got negative 17 runs saved, which is 24th in the league. The Cubs were at a positive 12.
1: That is a drastic flip
0: from where we were at. Yeah, they're going to be years ago.
1: Listen, they're going to be flipping the next few years, trying to chase their needs. It's going to flip back. They'll sell a bunch of hitters here, try and get pitchers. It's it's not going to be good
0: here. Yeah, I'm with you. They are. Here's the other stat that kind of surprised me. Right. So it feels like, and the Cubs of 2016 and 2017, right, the championship years, right, when those Cubs teams were so good.
1: One, one.
0: Well, they went to the NL championship three years in a row: 15, 16, and 17. All right. 16 and 17 were the two years that they really felt like. Those two teams had a shot. One at one year. The other year, they uh, struggled in the NLCS, right? So, but essentially, they were the same team. That team didn't change a lot. That's why I say championship teams. Uh, When those teams were so good, they hit a ton of home runs, right? Right? that team hit a ton of home runs. And it's the easiest way to score runs in Major League Baseball. There's no question. Again, we talked earlier, single after single after single is really hard to do in Major League Baseball just because of the pitchers and how they throw now. When that happened with those Cubs teams, though, I vividly remember thinking, boy, this team is either all or nothing. Right? It felt like the games they were losing, they were getting one or two runs a game because they couldn't manufacture much. Right? the cardinals this year despite being having those really pretty solid offensive numbers they've scored 448 runs going into this weekend when i pulled these stats going into this weekend they've scored 448 runs 273 of those runs so well over half well over half have been in 34 of their 90 games that's hard to do i mean right that that is Hard to do, yeah like you're gonna lose a lot of games doing that they are nine and nineteen in one run games, and I know they say that one run games kind of flip year to year right there's not a whole lot of consistency on those win or lose, but being nine and nineteen that's not a good record in one run games um and you know the Cardinals this year have just struggled
1: well uh, listen one run yet one run yet. Games you're talking about like blown saves, which the Cardinals sure. have had weird things like Gallegos blows up, yeah, after pitching really good. For I a I just month. Saw, I yeah I just Hicks saw. throws yep. a ball ten feet high <laughs> oh, to
0: Goldschmidt yeah. that was not good. I just saw this morning that the Cardinals designated for assignment. Yeah, <laughs> Genesis Cabrera.
1: He was supposed to be a huge part of this. Uh, bullpen. Now explain here. to me what that means. That means you're just giving him away essentially.
0: Yeah, basically he's available. Someone can, they can, someone can him on now, now what probably happened I don't think they actually did that because he still had an option left, right? So they could have sent him down to the minors. I'm guessing that here in the next day or two we are going to hear about a trade that involved him. Um, that other teams in the league know that there's a trade that's been agreed to and that no one's going to put in a claim. This was strictly to open up a roster spot.
1: I think they have uh, 7 to bring days. Up a player. I think they have yeah. 7 days to trade him once you yep.
0: designate right. somebody. So so I'm guessing a trade gets done here shortly for uh, Cabrera uh, and they just wanted to open up that roster spot. The team the team that tr- agreed to a trade for him didn't want him throwing until it was finally official, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so We kind of wanted to briefly go through some surprising and disappointing players for each of our respective teams. You want to start? Or you want me to go?
1: You can start. You want me to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: cool. I can start. So, what I've got, I'll start with my surprising. And I picked a position player and a pitcher for each of these. So, my position player for surprising player was Christopher Morrell for the Cubs. He's a utility guy, right? He's... Uh, 24 years old, uh, super young, um, played great at the end of the year last year. Uh, came in, uh, had a fantastic year, had an OPS uh, plus of 106, so he was 6% above an average hitter, right? Average OPS plus is about 100. Uh, 16 homers uh, in only 425 plate appearances. He hit 235, and his on-base was really low. Big time swing and miss. Um, Not a whole lot of walks, only 38 in those 425 play appearances. Didn't start the season on the big club, which was kind of a surprise to everybody because he did play so well at the end of the year last year, especially as much as he's able to move around. His defense isn't great, and I think they were kind of prioritizing the defense on this team more than anything to start the year. But when it became obvious that they were struggling with power, And they knew they had him sitting down there. And the fact that he was hitting 380 with, like, 18 home runs in the first 30 games in the minors. They had to call him up. And they did. And he's done pretty much nothing but mash ever since. Uh, In, oh, sorry. uh, In, sorry. In 211 plate appearances so far this season, he's got 15 homers. He's hitting 276 with a 329 on base and an OPS plus of 137. He is 37% better than your average hitter in the league right now. Um, and he's able to play all over the field. Again, his defense isn't great. Uh, if you look deeper into his stats, his stat cast numbers make this seem like this is a real thing. His Babip isn't overly high. It's in the 270s. His expected uh, batting average and on base are only a few points higher than his real on base uh, and batting average. He's got an 88th percentile in exit velocity, uh, 91st percentile in barrel rate. The K percentage is still really bad. Still a ton of swing and miss. Not a lot of walk. Um, But the K rate has gone down. The walk numbers have gone up a couple percentage points, and his chase rate has dropped by over 10% since the end of the year last year. I think you're seeing a progression of a player in real time, and I think he's real. I think he's Is gonna... there a
1: chance he's hobby?
0: I think there's absolutely a chance he's hobby. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. I think there is.
1: Um, Which. He plays hobby right, for, for. Correct.
0: Yeah. yeah. When but, he's exactly, 26 to yeah, 28 years old. Correct. You just don't want to. You don't pay you him don't, at 28. correct. You don't pay him at twenty eight, which is exactly what the Cubs didn't do because he lost some of that fast twitch and it fell off the face of the earth. Uh, thank God the Tigers have him now. <laughs> um, but if you can get four years of hobby like numbers, that would be fantastic out of that type of utility player. It is. It's perfect, um, and especially as hard as he hits the ball, you know the Cubs. Like I said, the Cubs have been really missing that power. Um, Moving on to my surprising uh, pitching player, it's got to be Justin Steele, right? I mean, the guy's top five in the league in the ERA right now. Uh, it's a 2.96, and that's after he got blown up yesterday for six runs over five and a third. Um, his numbers, he was an all-star. His numbers have been fantastic this year. His whips just over one. And again, this feels like for a guy who is uh, da, 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 who is only again twenty five, this feels like you're seeing the progression. No, of, he's twenty eight. What, Steel. Oh, his debut was at age twenty five. You're correct. My apologies. This feels like the coming out of a guy who is twenty eight Who is twenty eight years 28, old?
1: He's twenty eight, but you got him. Under control until 2020. Correct.
0: He did not make his major league debut until two, uh, 2021. Uh, and he only pitched in 20 games that season. So I don't even think that counted toward his contract numbers, to be honest. So this is his second full year. Like I said, uh, he's got an ERA under three and his FIP, uh, which is more of an indication of true pitcher status, right? stands for fielding independent pitching. Um, is 307. Now, Like, again, the Cubs defense is really kind of helping him, but not a whole lot. Like, his ERA and his FIP are really close to each other, so this is true pitching numbers that we are seeing from him. Again, not a huge strikeout guy, uh, which is kind of surprising. Uh, But he's a two-pitch pitcher, which is the other really crazy thing about him. He throws his uh, fastball, uh, which only comes in at about 92 miles an hour on average. Throws his fastball 45% of the time. And his slider forty-five percent of the time. And somehow guys just aren't hitting it. It makes no sense. What's his third pitch? His third pitch is a changeup that he only throws about two percent of the time, and he's got two other pitches that he mixes in there. Yeah, like that that are like not actual, right? It's hard to read what some of these like other pitches are for these pitchers because like, they don't what all the look hell the same. Was that thing? Right, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at his stat cast numbers too. It's another case where you're seeing improvements in all the right places, right? His hard hit rate against dropped again this year. His barrel rate dropped again this year. His strikeouts, although they're low, are up just a tick. And his swing and miss stuff is up pretty significantly this year. He's keeping everything on the edges based on numbers, and it all looks good across the board. I think these two pieces I'm talking about, Cub fans are going to be very happy
1: with for the next few years. That's your future. I was going to say about Steele, the greatest thing about him, something the Cardinals would love to have, is a pitcher pitching like this that you have under control yeah, right. until twenty twenty eight. One hundred percent. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Uh, you know, how, knowing that he's making incremental improvements every year, and this year he's truly pitching like an ace. I mean, he has pitched like yeah, one of the gonna... top five pitchers in the league, and I think Cub fans were worried that we didn't have an ace. I think we've got an ace. Well,
1: I think you got two.
0: Well, Strowman, right? Yeah, and he would have been the other surprise one for me, but since he's not under control, and again, I think we're probably selling him this trade deadline because he's got a player option this next year. We're probably gonna move on from him and not re-sign
1: him. But that's okay.
0: Like that's where we're at.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask you about Steele. What do you what do you see him until twenty twenty eight, what do you see him at as in a ro- in the rotation? As a yeah. I think he's
0: a I think two a two right. B three A. Oh, I I think you think he can be a consistent two. I think yeah, no, I do. I think he's at worst a two, I, I just based on how he pitches, right? Because he doesn't rely on velocity.
1: Yeah. I mean, he doesn't.
0: Like he's like old, Hendricks. Yeah, right. But but he's but he's better than Hendricks, right? Hendricks relies Hendricks relies on extreme control and an eighty seven mile an hour fastball. Yeah, 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 yeah. At it's least hard. with steel, he's throwing ninety two with a slider that moves a lot and he's able to control the fastball that's what opens everything up for him right if he's able to hit the edges with fastball which again those numbers have increased by about 10 percent this season from last uh in terms of hitting the edges if he's able to do that that slider becomes a really filthy pitch because he can make it look like a fastball to start and then it's going to dive out of the zone and guys are going to miss it yeah um so i think he's a number two at worst i think if he keeps making improvements like there's no reason he can't have an ERA around three years I mean, just. 28, how
1: many more improvements can he yeah, make?
0: Sure, great question. Sometimes you see these late rumors. <laughs> what did the Cubs do with Arietta?
1: Yeah. Right? He
0: he was in his thirties and then he started pitching like Bob Gibson for two years.
1: Well, let's let's calm down. No, no,
0: no. His numbers matched up with Bob Gibson no. for two seasons. They did.
1: They did. Don't insult our listeners like that.
0: Tell me, <laughs> who are your surprise players for the Cardinals?
1: Uh, so I got one surprise. Player. One surprise. Okay. Who you got? Uh, Jordan Montgomery. Okay. Pitcher.
0: Jordan Montgomery. He is. How old is he? 30. So he's 30. A yep. little bit older. Uh looks like he's having a decent season, right? A 3-2-3 ERA, 18 starts. Um He's currently on the I.L. Currently on the I.L. FIP is a little bit higher, 3.5. Do they have him under control? No. No. He will be a seller. So he's one of the guys you think they're going to move on from? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Well, I don't know how you – yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's surprising to me because I did not expect him to do this two years in a row. Last year – sure. Last year, he had a 3.11. He came over at the trade deadline from the Yankees. Who'd you give up? Bader.
0: Bader. That was a good move.
1: 3.11 ERA last year. His whip last year was 1.08. This year, it's a little higher. And actually, the last... Yeah. He is... He, I'm just looking at his stat cast here really quick.
0: He is pitching... Basically the exact same way he did last year. I know. Nothing has changed at all. Here's my only problem. I don't disagree that he's a surprise because I do think you're right. I think he's a surprise in that I didn't think he could do that again, what he did for the Cardinals last year. But clearly this is the pitcher he is, right? You do it two years in a row like this. This is the guy you are. I think he'd be a great number three. (laughs) That was what I was going to ask you. Where do you
1: think he lands? Right. I think if he's pitching like this or like how he finished last year with yeah. the ERA, I think he's a two. Ah, see, I don't think he's quite good enough
0: to be a two in the playoff. To be a true championship contending team yeah, in the playoff. That's probably true. That's not a number two, right? Think about it this way. Let's say the Cardinals miraculously get to the World Series. Uh-uh. And let's say miraculously we're going to call Jack Flaherty your number one. Let's, He's been good. He's been okay.
1: His last 11 starts, he has like a, a 3.2 E.
0: Okay. Let's call him your number one, okay. even though he wouldn't be a real number one. Okay. Let's say the Yankees are the team you're playing in the World Series and they got Otani. They're going to make Cole their number one against Flaherty in game one. And then you've got Jordan Montgomery as your number
1: two against Otani. Do you feel good about that game going into it? Well, it's interesting you mentioned Cole. I believe since the beginning of July, Jack Jack and Garrett Cole have similar numbers, and actually Jack Jack has better <laughs> numbers So But so you're let not let's not cherry pick. Yeah, fair. Okay. So you're going to feel good about that. Going no, into no, one no.
0: Two. Okay, good. I'm going to feel good if I'm in the World Series. <laughs> yeah, you'll feel great no matter what happens. That's all right. Whatever else happens, that's just icing. Sure. No, but but you see my point, yes. right? I think he's a number three, and that's fine. But
1: you say they're going to trade him anyway. I don't – I mean, I think you would be able to get a decent amount for him. Yeah. The way he's pitching. Yeah. Yeah, a problem. couple, a couple prospects, maybe one that's actually a decent prospect. Oh, I still don't think you're getting a top hundred prospect,
0: right? I don't think, and we always talk in terms of those, right? But we all know that, like, even those don't pan out a whole lot. Um, and for sure, you see players all the time that aren't ranked in the top one hundred reach the majors and contribute in big ways. I, I'm, I would. Just based on our previous conversations, (laughs) I'm concerned that the rose-colored goggles,
1: yeah, well,
0: are on in terms of the trade deadline and expectations for what you're going to get. And let's talk about that in just a second. Let's talk about our disappointing players first. Okay, so my disappointing player, uh, position player that I had, was Trey Mancini. Do you remember what you told me? When the Cubs had just signed Mancini this last offseason? I think I remember
1: texting you, I love the Trey Mancini signing. You did? Yep. He's a guy that that I always wanted
0: on the card. And you specifically called it something, the type of signing. You called it a sneaky good signing. Sneaky good. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky good signing. I would say that. Yeah, a sneaky good signing. And I was in agreement. Like, I thought... I thought one of the Cubs' biggest positional needs was first base this last offseason, right? Because they wanted to play Bellinger in center and because that solidified the defense. And by signing Mancini, the plan was to platoon him and Hosmer at first. Hosmer not on the team, and I don't believe ever got picked up by anybody. So Hosmer was a disaster. Granted they signed him for like league minimum, so it meant nothing. And Mancini is just not been good, which is surprising because he had an okay last year. He's got he's been worth negative 1 more so far this season. I mean, he's older, but gosh, he's hitting 241 uh I, th- I guess I should have seen this coming, though. He's got a 308 on base. His on base percentage last year was only 319. His slug was the lowest of his career last year, and it's even lower this year. Here's the surprising bit even last year, his OPS plus was 103, so he was still a slightly above average hitter. This year, his OPS plus has plummeted to 78. Yeah. He has been bad. And so now the Cubs still have this positional hole. They thought they could fill it by bringing up one of their AAA guys that was also mashing in AAA, Matt Mervis. Mash Mervis, as we like to call him. But he wasn't very good in his first stint, and so they sent him back down for development. First base is going to be a problem for the Cubs. I, I'll i tell you what, this is probably more... You want
1: Luke and Baker? We'll, no, we don't. We'll give we'll you Luke and me. Baker for a <laughs> steal. Uh,
0: yeah, trust me, we don't want Luke and Baker. I, I'll tell you what I want the Cubs to do, and this is more a discussion for like... Future episode like this off season when we talk about free agency stuff, I want the Cubs to bring back Rizzo. Mm. That would be such He'll a never good, come that, back. Yeah, I, that would be such a good signing though. A reunion, bring him back for a year, maybe two tops,
1: just to fill in that spot. Like the guy can still hit. Wait until he's fifty five and he's chasing <laughs> a seven hundred home runs. That's Wait, how long it'll take. That's how long it'll take Rizzo that, to get to seven.
0: Yeah, but over. that worked out for you guys pretty Yeah, it worked good, out right? great. Yeah,
1: that worked out pretty good.
0: So, who is your disappointing – oh, I've got one more. My apologies. I've got a pitcher who was disappointing this season. Uh-huh. Hayden wasneski. Do you know who Hayden wasneski <laughs> is? No. Next episode of <laughs> Who the Hell is This
1: Guy?
0: <laughs> next episode of Who the Hell is This Guy? This guy is 25 years old. He came up uh, at the back half of last season and pitched, uh, only started four games. So he's a September call up. Only started four games, but he pitched to the tune of a 2.18 ERA in those four games. So it was really, really solid. Big strikeout numbers, a strikeout per nine, ERA plus uh, of 190, and a FIP of 3.2. Again, small sample size. I get it. Small sample size. But I think they had high hopes coming into the season with Hendricks still on the IL to start the year. That he could come in and potentially steal one of those five rotation spots until Hendricks got back. And he was not that great. Uh, ERA of 4.75. uh, ERA plus of 93 and a FIP. Despite, uh, and this is kind of where you start to see that the Cubs defense kind of held some guys in longer than they probably should have. A fifth of five, five, six. Yeah. Woof. Cannot do that. Um, And, you know, he's back down in Uh, triple-A. I think, actually, they just called him up right before the all-star break, to be honest, and he pitched in a couple bullpen games. More as, like, a long reliever for two or three innings at a time if they needed it. I just – I don't know that he's ever going to truly get that, one of those rotation spots, despite only being 25. Uh, Everything stat-cast-wise kind of took a step back and it may have just been small sample size stuff, September call-up, you're playing teams that have given up on the season, that kind of thing. I, I don't know that he's that guy. Cardinals will take him for cast considerations. <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs might do that too, you, actually, <laughs> for cast considerations. Uh, okay, who is your disappointing player?
1: Yeah, I got two of them here. Both outfielders. Cardinals coming into the year, they got a million and a half outfielders. Yes. <laughs> First one, Dylan Carlson.
0: Dylan Carlson. So he is only twenty-four, about to turn twenty-five. Um primarily center field, correct?
1: Uh actually, no. They've no. been playing Tommy Edmond out there. Oh. He plays corner outfield. They Boy, for defense. some reason the <laughs>
0: defense has been a problem. For
1: some reason <laughs> they went away from him. He played good I was they, gonna say his center field numbers were fine. After they traded Bader last year, he played good in center. I, yeah. I mean he's dealt with a couple injuries, but
0: oh interesting. Oh, yeah, but the offensive numbers, you're right, have not come along. He had a great uh, first full season with the Cardinals back in 2021. Uh, Again, he would have only been 22 at the time, right? Young player. They called him up fast. 619 plate appearances that year. Played in 149 games. Had 18 homers. Hit 266 with a 343 on base. OPS plus of 115. Yeah, he looks fine. Finished third and rookie of the year that year. Yeah. The next two years have not been good. He's still getting
1: on base this year at a 343 yeah,
0: clip, and it looks like that's always been the case. Still almost three twenty uh, last year, despite hitting in the two thirties, which he's still hitting in the two thirties this year. But his OPS plus uh, is under a hundred. It's ninety six uh, this season, um, so a below average hitter. Uh, Home runs have not kept up. Only hit eight last year, five this year so far. I think we've had plenty of discussions about him and you liking his defense. But I always thought the homer numbers had to come up. The power had to come up if he was going to stick. And it hasn't been
1: there. Well, he's been really – he's a switch hitter. He's really bad against righties, which is bad to be against. As a lefty. Uh, Well, I mean – yeah, as a lefty. <laughs> it's bad to be you against righties. You face lot. righties
0: all the time. Oh, my goodness. I am looking at his Statcast cast numbers right now. His hard hit percentage is in the 33rd percentile yeah. in the league. He's got a great K and walk rate. Getting on base is not a problem. This guy, it's like he's
1: swinging on contact swing from MLB 2K every time he gets up there. Listen, he's only played 57 games this year, so you got to kind of wonder if it's something he's just not getting the chances that he needs, or I don't know what that is.
0: Yeah, it's it's not been but it's But he, he
1: was a guy that I expected, why I say he's a disappointment, he's a guy I expected at the beginning of the year to be an everyday outfielder. Sure. You know, playing center field. Yeah. Because yep. that's how he finished last year. Yep. And yeah. it just hasn't been – that right um and it's similar to this next guy that i have another guy i expected everyday outfielder starting the year tyler o'neill so
0: i I oh boy i
1: killed him and
0: he (laughs) never came back
1: (laughs) i think so so explain what happened for the people out there in the beginning of the season with him so tyler o'neill the last few years has dealt with leg injuries running injuries quads uh all those things. Early on in the year, I think it was like game 5 or 6, certainly single digits. He rounds third, starts heading to home on a base hit single, and is I was watching the game, he looked like he was jogging. <laughs> Not <laughs> and I thought in the I thought in the moment, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, he got ripped by Marmol and the mm. To the press first, Marmol went to the press first, which is not good. No, nope. should have gone to Tyler first.
0: Is that is that is that just inexperience managing?
1: Just him not knowing how to handle a team yet? I don't know. I don't know if it was inexperience or if he was trying to send a, a tone, send a message, sure to the whole clubhouse. Yeah, uh, because like, at that
0: point they'd struggled to start the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. They were they were off to a pretty slow start. Yeah it hasn't sped up
0: right yeah no not at all. <laughs> um
1: so Marmol does that and he has a press conference and he kind of says yeah i wish they would have handled it in a different way which me too yeah so didn't they but that wasn't even the end of it that's not the end of it he had more injuries where it came up again he had a back injury where it looked like he was Jogging and the back injury now has kept him on the IL. And floor. didn't they? And didn't the press like
0: once O'Neill said he wished it would have been handled differently? Didn't the press go back to O'Neill for another question about it to see if he thought it would have been handled differently a couple days later, like a cool down mm. period? And I think Marmol like doubled down on it.
1: Yes, yeah. Marmol du- doubled down on it. Mo backed Mo backed O'Neill oh. and Marmol doubled down. Wow. Boy, it kind of feels like the Cardinals are falling apart. Yeah, well, yeah, I think they're in shambles in terms of well, I don't it... think the leadership that, is great.
0: That is wild though, too. And maybe we can get into this here in a second, too. Marmol they fired Schilt, who was a playoff manager. Mm-hmm. Right? He took them to the playoffs. Twice. And twice and they fired him. To bring in Marmol, and supposedly they fired Schilt because of Philosophical, they call it philosophical differences. differences. Yeah, between him and how he wanted to manage and how Mo wanted to put the team together is what it seemed like. So if they brought in Marmel, you think that there wouldn't be philosophical differences, but this seems to be philosophical differences on how they want to handle the team.
1: Yeah. So what is happening? No, it's, uh, it's. listen, it's not good. I don't know what's happening. Um. I know Mo has, within the last two weeks, backed Marble. the staff. I, yeah, I did
0: see that, too, yes. Yeah, other Cardinal news. Uh, about three weeks ago, Mo said that they weren't ready to start trading players. About a week, <laughs> a week ago, he we said, yeah, everybody's for sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're ready to deal. <laughs> They're ready to deal, yeah. So, um, O'Neal. Oh, yeah, O'Neal's not been good. Just some numbers really quick for O'Neal. Uh he's only played in 29 games oh. which is why I'm hesitant to call him a disappointment like yeah injuries have been part of the problem and I suppose injuries can make a player disappointing I get it based on what he did 2 years ago 2 years ago played in 138 games guy hit 286 with a 560 slug for a 912 OPS and an OPS plus of 148 over 140 games almost
1: 34 home runs That is
0: incredible he had a phenomenal year and finished eighth in MVP voting that season. Goodness gracious.
1: And won a gold
0: glove. Yeah, and won a gold glove, <laughs> which I thought was the most ridiculous. Uh, was that was back back. Yeah, sure, fair. This season, though, again, last season and this season, really, it's fallen off a cliff. Not many games, but he's only hitting 228 with a 283 on base and a 337 slug for an OPS of 620. And a OPS plus of just 70. Goodness gracious. The guy's been worse than Trey Mancini in his limited action. That is not good. And I can totally understand why you would say disappointing. So, kind of a wrap-up here. Yeah. Where are the Cardinals going from here? Buyers, sellers thoughts? I think they'll be
1: sellers of... Guys with no control. So yeah. you're talking about Jack Flaherty being a free agent. Yep. You're talking about Montgomery being a free agent. Um, I think...
0: The big question here is do they move Nato and Goldie? Or should they?
1: I... I want answers to both. Will they and should they? They won't is the simple answer to will they. They will not. Um, that would that would be too much for the Cardinals fan base sure the normal Cardinals fan base would not like that very
0: much yeah at all. no i agree i yeah
1: um should, should they <laughs> <laughs> i mean unless you find before the trade deadline unless you find three or four starting pitchers that you have for next year <laughs> Yeah, I think you probably should, yeah. and I think you should line up. You should get as many prospects as you can and try and line up with Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, who has an 800 OPS yep.
0: as a utility player. That's last perfect. Last
1: year had five home runs the whole year. He's already at ten this year. Yep. He's got the pop. He's last year. He's had got a, the
0: pop for a utility player.
1: Like, yeah, if you can get 15 homers out of that guy. You're feeling great. Last year, he had a 390 on base. Yeah. This year, he's at a 370. The guy gets on base. So, I think you try and line up those guys yeah, and see if you can make it work.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: But they won't do that.
0: No. So,
1: I think
0: that I, – I agree. I think they should sell Goldie. At least. Right? I think you've got enough control on Arenado and you'd be selling so low on him that I think you'd have to make a choice on, because his contract's for over $30 million a year, I think you'd either have to have a team take that entire contract just to clear contract numbers, right, and not get back prospects, or you could get back prospects, but you'd have to eat the money. And I don't think the Cardinals are willing to eat the money. If they're eating money, they want that player. I think Goldschmidt's a different deal, right? Because you've only got one year left after this season on Goldschmidt. It's pretty widely known that in Major League Baseball, the best time to sell a player for maximum value is the year is the year before the last year of his contract, right? So it would be this trade deadline to move Goldschmidt. And he's playing at a level that isn't far off from what he did last year as an MVP, right? Um, I think you should maximize that, but I think you're right. I think they won't because the Cardinals don't do full rebuild sell-offs. But I think that knowing you've only got one, maybe two, starting pitchers under contract for next year who have pitched this season, uh, and I don't even know that any of them are any good, because you're going to lose money. To the deadline, since so you've got no control, you're going to lose Flaherty to the deadline. And you've got no control. is going to retire. I'm hoping we get to see Wayno get to 200 just as a baseball fan because I think it's a good story. I'm not even convinced he's going to do that because he's been so bad. It's I'm last not sure four he's going to come starts. back. I, I'm with you. I, I that AL or IL move for a shoulder quote unquote might have been a. Putting down a yeah. hurt dog, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those three are gone. You've still got Mats, who started in your rotation to start the year. And he's been fine out of the he bullpen. Well, he's, he just had a great start the other day. Did he? He's been fine out of the bullpen for the most start. But that guy, I think, is at best number four, or number five. Yeah. Right? I think we know what he is now. Uh, and you've got Libertor, Michaelis. And Michaelis, yeah. that's right. But you just signed him to a big contract extension, uh, over $20 million a year this last offseason. It's an okay contract for what you're getting out of him. But again, I think he's a number three. You have to go into like, this. I think you've got to assume you've got a number three pitcher, a number four pitcher in Mats, and maybe a number five in Libertor who's been horrible.
1: You have to go. You into- have
0: to fill two top spots, which means you're going to have to either A. Increase your payroll to a level that the Cardinals have never reached before Because if you start looking at their contract numbers going into next year if you hold on to Goldie and Arenado You're paying five players over a hundred million dollars in Arenado Goldschmidt Contreras Michaelis and Max and for a team that's never gone over like let's call it the 170 mark That's being a little generous in their total millions of payroll per year. They've never gone over that number they are not all of a sudden going to bump their payroll up to $200 million. And so even though you're losing $17 million from Wainwright, and you're potentially going to trade and not re sign some of these guys, like I keep saying, you've got to sign players for all those players that you're not bringing back in. And, yeah, sure, you could talk about signing lower-level players and just calling up AAA guys, but I don't think they've got the AAA guys that are going to be ready either. Grafiseco? And McGreevy, I don't think are ready to come up yet. I haven't been following exactly that close. And I know for a fact that Tink Hintz isn't ready to come up yet. They haven't been stressing out his arm at all. He's a small frame guy. His numbers look great in the minors. Don't get me wrong. If they do stretch him out over the next couple years, I think he's going to be fine. But he's not ready to pitch in the major leagues next year, I don't think. No, certainly
1: not. They They have to go on this deadline. If it's what I expect, they're gonna hold on to Goldie and they're gonna hold on to Arenado. They have to go into this deadline thinking, all right, we have to get a two-starter, maybe, that has some control. For what though? And you that's don't, you don't that's have, where you run into problems. You, you start talking yeah. about Goldie, uh, no. Carlson, O'Neal,
0: Larry, how much can Monty,
1: you, you don't have the guys to try to get a number you two. Have to get a guy like that. And right. if you can't get it there, well, you better at least get a three or four. Just to fill in spots. To fill a spot. Yeah. And then try and sign a one and a two. Yep,
0: yeah, Right. For sure. Man. Yeah, that's a tough spot. That, yeah. The, the quickest way, I think the quickest way for the Cardinals to turn this around is to clear payroll. But I don't know how they do it. I don't.
1: They, yeah, they've
0: they they got way too right. The Contreras deal just destroys everything.
1: You could clear a lot if you did Goldie and Arenado. Yes, and have Wayno come off at seventeen and sure. That. Maybe you. I do but at that was somewhere. But, uh, it,
0: but at that point, you're talking about a total rebuild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, because of their pitching issues, I'm not sure that next year's any better than this year. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know.
1: They're going to play it like it's a one-off year.
0: that it's a freak thing and see what happens next year. Try right and short.
1: rebuild the rotation.
0: Man, that's crazy. So, for the Cubs, they're obvious sellers. Okay? We knew what this year was coming in. Everybody hoped that this team would be a 500 team, which they're kind of in that spot. Yeah. They're around there. Um, and that you saw your young players take a step which the young players, some of them have taken a step, right? Basically what the Cubs are doing is they're trying to hold on to that treasure trove of cash that Ricketts has and not spend it all, all at once until they know exactly what they need to spend it on based on which of their young top end prospects start to come up. So they're sellers. They're going to sell Stroman and they should get a decent number for him. Because he's probably the best pitcher on the trade market, this trade trade deadline, right? I mean, the guy's got right around a three ERA. Two, eight, eight. Two, eight, eight. And he's been really, really good all season outside of a couple starts. They're going to trade Bellinger because he's also only on a one-year deal. But what a great signing.
1: 300 yes, right. with Batten home 300 runs, with 12 home runs, in limited, in limited
0: appearances and playing great defense at first and center. Great signing for one year, $17 million. They are going to turn him into a prospect, and that is going to be worth every bit of that $17 million. Yeah, someone will pay for him because he's still only 26, exactly. 27. Correct, yes. So that's exciting. I don't know that there's any... For sure, other trades, they're probably going to move some bullpen guys that are having decent years because if you're not winning anything, you don't need a bullpen. Owls-lay. Uh, They may trade Owlsley. He's still under control for a few more years, though, so I'd be surprised if they do that, to be honest, because he's been pretty decent out of the back yeah. end. Not bad. Um, I don't know that he's your closer, but probably a setup man for you. Um So, I think those are the main two guys that they're going to sell. Like I said, they'll get back prospects, and you're just kind of waiting to see some of these guys that keep moving up through the system. they got a pitcher in AAA and Ben Brown, who I think will probably get one of the September call-ups to see what he does. Um, And then, uh, they've got the real team that the Cubs, where the Cubs look great, the real class, is AA. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Again, we're kind of getting into some stuff that we're going to do next week, but... Uh, Before next week, if you come back and listen to us, check into the stats for uh, PCA, Pete Crow Armstrong at AA, uh, who they got from the Mets for hobby, uh, and check into the stats for uh, Kate Horton, who they just drafted in last year's draft. Uh, Both have been phenomenal uh, in AAA. Uh, Predictions for the second half. Give me where you think the Cardinals will finish. In the division place, and who you think will win each division going into the playoffs? Each
1: division? Each division. I want them all. I don't even know if I know all the divisions. Let's start. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus. Let's start with, uh, on the East Coast, uh, AL East. So, AL East. Um,
1: that's the Rays. Okay.
0: So, you got the Rays. I think it's going to be Baltimore. I think
1: yeah, there are two games back I think,
0: I think. I, yeah, I think Baltimore uh, gets a pitcher, at least one starter because that's what they really need, and I think they come back in that division. I think the Yankees and Blue Jays are just too far back mm-hmm. to reach, uh, especially since the Rays and uh, Baltimore have both been playing so well. Uh, what about the NL East? least?
1: East. this one's the
0: easiest one.
1: yeah, so that's the
0: Bravos it's got to be Atlanta. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. got to be Atlanta, right? They are just crushing everyone. But the surprise—when's Alonzo back? Huh?
1: When's Alonzo? Back? No, he's
0: already back and playing. The Did? Mets have not been good. Yeah, they're—it's a mess of a team right now. Uh, the surprise team from that division is the Marlins.
1: Yeah, who are who are a
0: true throwback team, and just like in terms of just getting on base right. and having good pitching—that's the guy I wanted. The name I wanted to throw out. Shout out to him. Uh Pay attention to what he does in the second half because he's got maybe the best chance since Tony Gwynn yeah. to hit 400. Uh, Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo in the early 2000s was yeah. pretty close for, the, for the, uh, the Marlins. It was that it same year. Yeah, he was a Marlins guy too. Um, keep an eye on a rise, though, uh, for the Marlins. What about the AL Central? AL Central. Uh, right now it's the Twins Indians. Yeah. They're really close to each other.
1: I think the Indians probably. Are. I That's, feel like they
0: always manage yes. to win that. I, I do too, right? They've been doing it under Francona for, like, since the Cubs have been to the World Series. Like, it's it's the same thing, too. They play good defense. They've got good starting pitching. And they just find a way to score a couple runs. That's even a
1: worse division than NL Central, which is shocking. Yeah,
0: which is shocking, you're right. Uh, so, what about the
1: NL Central? Who do you think wins it? Uh, I think the Brewers. Yeah,
0: I do too. I, I think the Reds
1: which, got a spark from... Yeah. Um, yeah, they are cruised. Yeah, for sure. They've lost four in a row now. Six in a row, isn't it? Because they at, got swept. It was at four to nine. Was it at
0: four? I, I I really want the Reds to win. For a I couple reasons. For a couple reasons. Yeah, you Dude, yes.
1: Gross.
0: Come on. Gross. That's the main reason. Vado. I want to see that guy go to the playoffs Gross. again. It's probably his last year. Let's see it. Come on, he's the he's one of the most fun players in baseball. Yeah. And seeing Ellie De La Cruz in the playoffs would be a blast. I think I
1: dislike the Reds more than I dislike the Cubs, to be honest. Yeah,
0: but you guys had Not passed. Yeah, you had a history.
1: So Boy, yeah. okay, what about the AL West? Uh Rangers. Rangers, yeah. I'm you with don't, you don't think the Astros will catch them? No,
0: I d I don't think so. Um I think the Rangers are another team that's gonna get a starter at the deadline. There have been rumors about Strowman. Uh,
1: with I the Rangers. Think they uh, yeah, that's crazy. Oh.
0: That guy just keeps getting hurt,
1: though. Yeah, I mean, can't sad do that. watching that.
0: Yeah. What about the NL West?
1: NL West would be yeah, so Diamondbacks, oh, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks,
0: Dodgers, Giants, all three of those teams, and then the, I think the Dodgers win that. Yeah, I do too. Which is amazing because they, yeah, they do all, every year now for like the last decade almost. Yeah, It seems like they're winning that division. A fun team out there is the Diamondbacks. Nobody thought they were going to be any good at all. Zach Gallen is in the lead probably right now for the NL Cy Where did he come
1: from? Where did he, he come from? Where did he come from? Cardinals traded into the market Oh, that's right. For the Sandy Alcantara
0: deal too. Oh, my God. Yeah, Osuna guys- started all this. Yeah, it was. It was the downfall. Downfall. Let's blame. Miguel Zuna, yikes! So, um, I agree. I think it'll be the Dodgers. I would rather see the Diamondbacks, but Dodgers. Okay.
1: So. Oh, not, you forgot one. No, I didn't. No, that's all.
0: Six divisions.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: really? Yikes. Okay, we've got. We're at an hour and a half. It was a little bit longer than we'd hoped, but we had a lot to get through. I think we've got one more segment. Uh, just to end things here that's kind of fun again self-proclaimed stat guy myself
1: uh what have you got what have you got for me I got a segment called who the hell is this guy okay who the hell is this guy so I got five so what's so what's yeah where's how premise? it's gonna work okay. so I'm picking a guy that I've never heard of okay and that seemingly to me came out of nowhere okay And I'm going to put together five hints like I have today. And I'll give you the first. I'll give them to you as you ask for them. Okay. start with the first one. And let's see if you can guess who the hell this guy is. (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell is this guy? All right. Give me hint number one. Hint number one. He was drafted in 2016, 2016 in the 15th round. By the Padres 15th round
0: yes oh my
1: god. Okay. from William H Taft high school hmm. in Chicago Illinois oh in 2016. yes okay
0: that's the end of the hint that's the end <laughs> of the oh god hint. all right i'm gonna need hit number two all
1: right his debut was in April of 2022.
0: so last year okay give me another hint
1: he is an outfielder oh god these hints are impossible <laughs> okay He's in the National League.
0: <laughs> I feel like you made him too prod.
1: Okay. Last 10. National the League, League Central. Okay. Number five. That was it. That's all. That I was had. number five? <laughs> what? You didn't give me any stats. Uh, okay. All right. I'll give you some give stats. Give me some stats. I'll stats. give you some stats. All right. NL
0: Central, outfielder. He yes. debuted last spring. Yeah. Huh.
1: That was way too general. We're going to have to work on this segment. <laughs> this year he's batting 226, but his on base is 350. Oh. Uh, Speedster or Power Guy? Seven stolen bases. Power Guy, I would say. Power Guy, <laughs> yes, certainly.
0: Okay. Debuted last spring, and he's played
1: consistently. He's played 82 games this year. Oh my god, yeah, that's consistent. He played um, 106 last year.
0: Yeah, so uh, he played a lot. Okay. Um, who the hell is this guy?
1: Jack Sawinski.
0: Ah, from the Pirates. Pirates. He's a hot, cold guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Power guy.
1: 846 OPS. Yes. 128 OPS plus. Yes. He has, so he's hit. I picked like him I, up
0: for like two weeks on my fantasy team, and he played great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's hitting 226. He's got 19 home runs, 48 RBIs. Ah.
0: That Pirates seemed really surprised surprising people to start the year, but then they fell off. But
1: He had 19 yeah. home runs last year. Yep.
0: Yeah. Decent player, big
1: power guy. Decent player, out of the fifteenth wow. round. That's pretty solid. Fifteenth
0: yeah. round. He's got to get the average. Yeah. All right. You got anything else for the crowd? No. Nope. The clubhouse, Ryan. Nope. Cool. Good first episode. We'll work on some stuff. Give us some feedback uh, if you do hear this, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. See ya.